I'll give you the greatest church answer ever. <laughs> I mean, you you, you got to be on your face before the Lord and, and just be in prayer. You know about that. Obviously, it's a it's a biblical mandate for us to to share the gospel um, in every nation and, and in every neighborhood. Welcome to the Missions Pastor Podcast presented by One Child. One Child is a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. We believe that the local church has the message of hope that the world desperately needs to hear. And in every episode, we highlight churches, pastors, and ministries who are working to bring that hope to hard places. I'm David Jesse. I'm your host for today's conversation with Robin Popplewell. Robin is the missions pastor at Englewood Baptist Church in Jackson, Tennessee. Uh, Englewood Baptist sees church planting as a central focus of its missions work, both domestically and globally. So I asked Robin to explain why church planting is important to Englewood and how they've seen it impact their missions outcomes. Well, when it comes to spreading the gospel, um, you know, as a believer, we're all called to, to share the gospel. I mean, that's what the Great Commission is all about, and uh, that we're all to be a witness to, to everyone, our neighbors, and to the to the neighborhoods, and, and ultimately to the nations. And certainly, one person can do that, but it's going to be really, really hard. And so, our our view and our stance really here at Inglewood is, you know, let's empower the people, let's disciple the people, and put them in put them in the mode of understanding of what it, what it means to, to share the gospel. And so when you begin to do that on an individual basis and, and they begin to feel comfortable to do that um, in their neighborhood, to the neighbors, uh, go across the neighborhood, uh, do some things in some different places around the community. Now all of a sudden you're, you're building something with inside the church that they can, that they can rally around. Um, and at church, you, you can build all kinds of false things to rally around. Mm. Oh, the worship is like this. I love that. You could, oh, this Bible study, it's so impactful. You can rally around a lot of different things like that. Um, but what we try to do is we try to get people to rally around the gospel. And and I know every pastor, every missions pastor is going gonna, is gonna to say that. But what begins to happen in the fruition of that is as they begin to rally around the gospel, it becomes almost the members beating this drum of, I want to do this more. I want to see this spread more. I want to see other people come to know this same Christ that, that I know and that I am, am trying to share. And so when that drum begins to get beaten, uh, then the natural outflow of that is, well, here are pockets around our community. Here are our pockets in the neighboring uh, district. Here are our pockets in a neighboring state. Here are our pockets on the other side of the of the nation or even around the world. Well, these people don't have that same kind of uh, bond. They don't know anything about the gospel, or if they've heard of this God that you and I know, they don't know him mm. on a personal level. And so, you know, the sometimes we fall into the trap of, well, the pastor, the missions pastor, the staff, They've got to lead out. They've got to set the precedent. We're going to plant this church. We're going to do it this way. Well, we've just come to believe that if you can get the people to rally around the gospel and let them lead that charge, then really all we're doing is just providing the parameters for which that happens. Um, and so that that's really, I don't want to say that's a philosophy of ours. That's just something that has naturally been born uh, just over time here at Inglewood Baptist Church. Our, our people 
love the gospel. They love to see people come to know the Lord. And so we try to saturate, you know, our Jerusalem Mm -hmm. right around us. And then what can we do to plant those places so that we can saturate other places? And so uh, when that begins to happen, then really all we're doing is just helping the people understand, okay, well, here are areas across the nation or across the world that they don't have the same mm-hmm. kind of love you do for this for this Jesus that we have. So, so here's how we can plant a church. Here's who we can connect with. Here's an organization. Here's, you know, you have the IMB North American Mission Board. You have all these mm-hmm. different entities that you begin to to connect with. Well, the the driving and the pushing is already happening, and so we would much rather function as rain pullers. Meaning, hey, we we need to pull back just a little bit, not because we're not excited about it and not because we don't want you to run full throttle, but let's make sure we've got all of our ducks in a row. Uh, You know, as anybody that's been in church or worked in church world knows the opposite Mm -hmm. of that, of I see exactly where we need to go. I see exactly this place Mm -hmm. we need to plant a church. I, I feel like God's calling us to go there. I've got to do something to rally the people to get them excited about going there. Um, and we just, we've been very fortunate. There's been a huge blessing here at our church that our people understand that already. And so instead of us reteaching everyone at the church, all we're doing is just making sure we're prepared for when the next wave comes that we're already saying, yeah, we've already got the parameters. We got the framework there. We want to go plant here. or We want to support here. We want to do this here. The people have just this real natural ability. And, and as the missions pastor, um, you know, if there are other missions pastors listening and, and things like that, I, uh, I, I'm very blessed to be in a place that, that want mm. to do that kind of stuff. They, they see the need for it. Um, and so it, it's not that way right. everywhere. And I know that, and I understand that I'm very, very blessed to be in a place like that. But whenever we begin to talk about church planning, you know, it's, there's not a biblical, hey, you don't go to Matthew <laughs> chapter 26 and it goes, hey, right. plant this church. You know, we, we wish right. that it was that way. But you begin to look, you begin to look at the Apostle Paul and you see how mm-hmm. he traveled around and then he begins to backtrack and he begins to see these pockets of people that have listened to the word. They've been impacted by the by the gospel. And you see these what we now call churches begin to form in all of these different places. It's just a beautiful picture. And so as a church here at Inglewood, to be able to look at some of the churches that we've planted or we've been a part of planting, we have these very modern day Paul type moments where we're able to say, yeah, we were able Mm -hmm. to be involved in that. It's not because Mm -hmm. of us, but the Lord allowed us to be a part of that journey and just see it come to fruition. And so, uh, you know, our people have a very, have a passion for that. And so, um, it's not easy. Church right. planning is not easy, and I don't want to. I don't want to negate that at all. I'm not saying that, but uh, here at Inglewood, it, it's it's an incredible phenomenon to be the person that's standing there going. All I've got to do is point the wow. people to where we're going, and man, for the most part, they're wow. just kind of all in. Let's just get after it. So that's you know, just it's a it's a blessing. Absolutely. To be part yeah, so of that. it's become sort of a very organic. Um, movement within the church then as you've continued to point people to the, towards the Great Commission, they've seen God working and seeing lives transformed and they're passionate about the Great Commission. Organically, these movements or these opportunities to plant churches domestically and globally have taken place. You said you, the idea of you could just mm-hmm. point at an area and then everybody lets go. So how are you selecting uh, those different countries and those di- different cities are these areas that Englewood has already worked in or have relationships in, or are these completely new areas of ministry? 
Yeah, great question. So the answer would really be, okay. be both and. Um, whenever I step when I stepped into this role, um, then we we already had several partnerships that were going, and those partnerships were based on we had staff members that felt like they were called to plant churches, and so those are natural. Hey, we're going to come beside you, walk with you, help you kind of plant this church. We had uh, places where we had already served, uh, you know, around the world that decided. Hey, we really want to go to this new area, uh, you know, whether, you know, wherever that may be in the world. We've been working here. They felt very called to plant a church in a different area. They call on us. Hey, would you be willing to support? We pray through. Yes, absolutely. So there has been some of that, uh, a lot of that, actually. We already had connections and things like that. Uh, but one of the things that we're beginning to turn our attention to more is now, okay, where are the new places? Where are the places that we can be involved? And so that just comes through connection. Well, because we have a church planted in A, we call A and go, hey, is there a place that somebody's trying to plant a church that we've not heard of yet? Well, yeah, I've got a pastor friend that I've talked to and their church is trying to plant over here. They're looking for new partners. And so there just becomes this conversation. And so, you know, several times a month, those are conversations that come across our desk and we're just like, hey, here's. Here's mm. seven places literally around the world that are trying to plant churches. Super exciting, but also one of those things like, okay, well, Lord, this is something you're going to have mm. to open a door to. You know, I, I'm drawn to here because it's this type of person and, and this is the area, but maybe that's not where you want us to be. And so, you know, our pastor and our staff and our people here, they're, they're very open to praying through those different opportunities. Um, you know, and being on church staff, the one thing that you have to, you have to kind of watch, watch for um, is it be very easy to spread so thin you're in all these different places, you're, you're partnering, you're planting, you're financially supporting, you're sending teams and all this. Well, you have to look long, long term, because if you start looking short term, mm. people get burnt out. You begin to pull away from from those things. So it's really kind of a both and type model. We've been very blessed over the years to have some natural partners leave from our church. Those are easy supports. We want to come alongside you. Finding those new ones are, are, are you know, moments of prayer. They're moments of discussion and, and watch the Lord open those doors is, is really, really exciting and how he shows us where he wants us to be. So uh, for us, it's a, it's a both and type model. So you've gone through the process of selecting. You feel like God has opened up that door. You see that this is the partner you like working with. Um, you feel God's called you to work with the area and it just, all of the things have come together and you know that that's the area that you're going to go through. What's the, that process look like for you guys um, in helping a church plant take place kind of as a 30,000 foot view of it? And how is Englewood supporting that, that process as they, as they go forward? Yeah. So the 30,000 foot view, uh, one of the first questions that we start to ask once we kind of know, Hey, this is it. Uh, one of the first questions we ask is, you know, let's define partnership um, for our church. We define partnership as both sending teams and financially supporting. Uh, you know, we have some places that we may only do one or the other. And there's several reasons for that. But the 30,000 foot view is let's define our partnership with this particular church plant. If we are starting the church plant, that answer is always, well, yes, we're sending teams and we're financially supporting. Um, and so from there, it just begins to fall from that 30,000 foot view of, okay, well then how many teams are we sending per year? What does that work look like whenever we go? Um, are the teams going to be different financially? Is that the same amount every year? And then those questions begin to answer 
Is this a five-year commitment? Is this a seven-year commitment? Is this a Mm -hmm. 10-year commitment? How are we going to begin to move away from them so that we then can prepare for the next place that God's calling us to be? The last thing we want to do is leave a church plant in Mm -hmm. a bad situation. We don't want to leave them high and dry or anything like that. So that's always our first priority. We always leave caveats in there to be able to say, hey, we committed seven years. Uh, man, you're you're blowing and going. You don't need us anymore. You are financially stable. At year six, we may just go mm-hmm. ahead and back away. Mm-hmm. Or it may go the other way. Hey, you're kind of not where you need to be. Uh, so we're going to hang on for another year. And let's just, let's just watch this and walk with you year by year. So that 30,000-foot view is it's as important as nitty gritty type details uh, and things like that, because that really defines for us the longevity, uh, the definition of the partnership um, in that in that view. And so one, once we nail that down, um, I mean, everything else just really kind of falls into place. But those are those are pretty intense prayers and those are pretty intense discussions, um, you know, depending on where we're going and what we're doing. But. Those things are healthy for a staff. Those things are healthy for a church to be able to walk through because you need to hear other people's opinions and and uh, you need to hear red flags. You need to hear support. You need to hear downfall. I mean, you need to put all those things on the table because you don't want to get into something at thirty thousand feet and all of a sudden, you know, you know, all these things come together and you can't, you know, put it put it together or put it into action. So uh, that thirty thousand view for us is is a huge momentum swinger as we get ready to get down into the nuts and bolts of how that partnership works. Having clear expectations of what partnership looks like in missions is so important to creating a framework for discussion and execution. Englewood Baptist is doing a great job with this. We'll get back to our conversation with Robin after this brief message from One Child. Together we believe extreme child poverty has an end, and it starts with hope. Hope is a vision for a better future, a way to get there, and the courage to try. And it is built through the church all over the world, coming together as one global community to help children thrive. We create a partnership experience that reflects your heart for the world. Together, we find the point where our mission and vision intersect to address the needs of children living in hard places. Together, we are a community that sees children as solutions, not problems. A community with the courage to go to the hard places. A community that gives so children can thrive. Together, this is us. Your church, a shared vision, celebrating global impact through the local church. For more information, visit onechild.org slash partnership. Church planting success is measured in so many different ways. I asked Robin to share a few stories of success that help illustrate this. Um, Well, they all have, you know, they're all... They're all completely different. Um, sure. They're all 
they all have successes. They all have, you know, fails, just like any church, whether they're a church plan or whether they're a church of, you know, 15,000, it doesn't make any difference. Mm -hmm. But um, the consistent marker that we've seen with all of our church plants and the ones that we partner with is, and it's really a defining moment for us as a supporting church is our people coming to know the Lord, our is their salvation being solidified? Are new people coming to know Christ as their Lord and Savior? And thankfully, mm-hmm. in all of them, we've seen that. Now, you, you've got, awesome. you have, you know, bigger numbers in some of those. You have smaller numbers in area and demographic and all of that kind of plays into that. But, you know, for one of our church plants, uh, it was actually a church staff member um, that left us, felt called to to go plant a church and um, you know, our church supported him financially and we've been sending teams out there and financially supporting them. And, and man, just because of his personality, uh, the way the Lord's used him and and used his family and uh, just used the, you know, what little staff that he has, man, God's done some incredible things. I mean, he's, he's got an incredible partnership in a school. Um, He's wanted to build for several years, but uh, it's almost as if the Lord's like, you've got too good of a thing going here with the school. You know, we, we want you to continue to set up, you know, every single Sunday and all this. But, you know, the, the number of people they've baptized every year, they just do that outside on the school playground and uh, the impact that they've had in the community and, and all those kinds of things. So it'd be easy to look at them and say, well, you're, you're a failure because you haven't built a church. Well, Success or failure doesn't matter, you know, where you're worshiping and how that takes place. It's how you're sharing the gospel and the faithfulness of your people and people coming to know the Lord. And that's what we're seeing there. And so it's just an incredible deal. Um, You know, one of our other ones is very, 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 very new, you know, probably two Mm -hmm. years in. um, They're meeting at an organization that they share space with, uh, you know, and they have all the the early um, (laughs) – Uh, you know, mountains that they have to climb, you know, when you share space Mm. with somebody else and having Mm -hmm. to set up and, you know, all of a sudden the sound equipment is not where it's supposed to be because the custodian (laughs) moved it. You know, you you have all of those battles. Uh, But when you look back over the last two years and, you know, they've baptized not a ton of people, uh, but everyone in their church is brand new. Wow. I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about the pastor and his wife, you have a kind of a, a second guy and his wife. Hmm. Everybody else in the building has pretty much never been in church before. Hmm. And the majority of those people, man, they, they've just learned of the gospel over the last two years. Wow. And, and that location is, is really within about two hours of where I sit, you know, today. Hmm. So we're not talking about some, you know, jungle in South America with a tribe that's never heard. The, I mean, we're talking about in a very metropolitan area um, that, man, they felt called to. They went, they were obedient. And, you know, little by little, the Lord's doing some amazing things. So uh, that that's incredible to me. That that blows my mind to be able to, I've been down there several times and, and to sit in worship and, and to watch the people that are worshiping and to just know, you know, two years ago, I mean, you weren't worshiping anywhere because you had no idea of this great God that we're talking about. Wow. And and I think sometimes that's a point that we that we miss, you know, like the church I serve in is, uh, it, you know, a lot of people consider can, would consider to be a, a, a larger church. There are some people that would say, well, it's not that big, depending on what your what your church demographic is and things like that. And so what I don't ever want to get accustomed to as a mission pastor is saying, well, if we don't baptize 
200 people a year and plant 19 churches and have all of these programs, then it was a, it was a failure. Mm. Man, the one thing is that the Lord reminds me every time I look at places like these church plants we support is, you mm. know, it's all about the gospel, period. It's, it's never about the building. It's never about the programs. Um, it, it's always about the people coming to know the Lord and how they're being impacted by the gospel. And so for me personally, and I know for our staff as well, and so many in our church, man, if our church plants are succeeding and they love hearing the stories of just life change and the baptisms and people coming to know the Lord, man, that that's what's kind of sets us on fire and, and really kind of helps us. So uh, those are the successes, you know, uh, Trying to figure out where somebody put a microphone <laughs> after a week and sharing a space. That's just that's part of it. But but seeing real sure. life change to the gospel, that's uh, that that's the core of what we love uh, celebrating. That's awesome. So, you know, if you were sitting down with a mission pastor of another church or uh, even the, the, the lead pastor at a church and they want to begin the process of sending people out to plant churches again both domestically and globally they want to be a part of that type of missions um, work um, and they were asking you for your advice on how how to go about that what would be the most important uh, advice that you would give that person well, I'll give you the greatest church answer ever. <laughs> I mean, you you, you got to be on your face before the Lord and, and just be in prayer, you know, about that. Obviously, it's a it's a biblical mandate for us to to share the gospel um, in every nation and, and in every neighborhood. So that that has to be first and foremost. Uh, I mean, you you've got to pray about that, and and the Lord's got to open that door. Um, but when he does, uh, finding those people in the church that are passionate about it, sometimes that could be difficult, mm. uh, you know, and that's that's simple conversations. Mm. You know, that's that's talking to your whoever leads your small groups. That's talking to small group leaders. It's talking to deacons. I mean, it's just it's just having conversation and bringing it up intentionally. Hey, have you ever, you ever thought about church planning? Has it ever crossed your mind? You know, what do you what do you think the Bible kind of says about that? You know, where, where does your heart kind of fall in this? You ever heard of anybody that's a church planner? Uh, mm. You know, when when you begin to find those pockets of people, uh, for me personally, I, that's where it would start. Um, if if I had somebody sitting in my office today and asked that question, I, I would say, "Well, look, I I got this list that I kind of keep over here, and most of them are mm -hmm. kind of ingrained in my mind right now. And and if this was a topic that was coming up, I, I'd grab this team because I know this is their heartbeat. This is what they do. This is what they mm. want to be about." And so for any other missions pastor or pastor that's having those thoughts, it's, I believe you got to find those people secondly that are passionate about that. And then thirdly, I, I would even say that uh, I don't even know if it necessarily has to come from the pastor. I don't think it has to come from the missions pastor. If you, if you find the people that are willing to beat that drum, then again, organically tends to be the best option for these things to happen. So instead of leading the charge, you're actually leading from the back and you're just trying to keep mm. them within the parameters of what you're trying to go and, where, and what you're trying to do. So, you know, I, I think those, those three would be the most important things right off the bat. I mean, there's logistical things you could talk about. That's, that's way down in the weeds and, and those kinds of things. But, but out of the gate, I would make sure that, uh, uh, prayer would be the first thing. And then, uh, you know, finding those pockets of people, they definitely would be would be the next thing that I would do and start those conversations and, and see how they could lead the charge in uh, in starting that process. 
Robin gives important advice for success in church planting. Here are three things to remember if your church chooses to take on this important task. First, everything hinges on prayer. You can't be effective in sharing the gospel if God doesn't open the right doors and you can't walk through those doors if we aren't willing to truly listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Second, look for the right people and ask them about becoming involved. Too often, uh, people are just waiting for someone to ask them uh, to be a part of a project like this. And then finally, learn to lead from the back, provide oversight and advice. But remember that the Holy Spirit within you is the same Holy Spirit in the people in your church who are being called to become part of church planting. thank Robin for joining me on this episode of the Missions Pastor Podcast. If you want to learn more about Englewood Baptist Church, go to ebcjackson.org. And thank you for listening to the Missions Pastor Podcast. This show was presented by One Child. We are a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. To learn more about how your church can partner with One Child to bring hope to hard places, go to onechild.org slash partnership. Thank you.